Alright, uh, welcome back everyone. This is another episode of Song for the People. Boy, be smooth. And we have two returning guests. Prime time. Top of the line. Premier. Let me, see, let me get off their dick for a minute. <laughs> Educators. <laughs> be Corley. Righteous Ray Ray. How you guys doing? Yeah. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. So, so this room, so you're recording the voice and the video? Yeah. All right. Hmm. Not do nothing stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm just going to use the, the video just for me. The audio, I'm going to keep the audio. <laughs> okay. I ain't going to do nothing stupid anyway. Yeah, but well, in case something happens, man, we catch it. You know, it won't be out there. <laughs> yeah, man. So how you guys been doing during quarantine 2020? As soon as I got that, that thing's gone. <laughs> but, but when I got my trunk, my trunk check, I'll say that. Yeah, that's that's the one that's gone. <laughs> that, I, that. <laughs> that was free. And that's gone. <laughs> and that's for them. That's for them. Uh, that's for them elevens that's coming out. <laughs> months 
she didn't learn the Lord's Prayer. She couldn't say that by herself. I see uh-huh. her reading books. Like, she can almost read Green Eggs and Ham from uh, cover to cover. So, you know, little things like that, which I'd be, you know, proud of and happy for if things were, you know, normal. Uh, it's, it's really cool to just see, like, the day-to-day progression in real time. Mm-hmm. Uh, since we, we were all in well in different states when this happened so we we each had a different kind of level of uh hit of like this happening so i don't know either either one of y'all can talk first because i know i when we shut down in indiana we shut down on march 11th so that was uh when we when we shut down everything we i got the text from the president uh not not text from the uh my department chair then, we, then I had to read the email from the president of the university saying, yeah, we're going uh, to shut down for two weeks. We're going to extend spring break, and then we're going to see how things are. Then the very next day, oh, we, we're going to move everything online for the rest of the year. We don't know when we're going to open campus back up. <laughs> and you still out there? No, nah, I, I, nah, the thing is, it's like I left in, on March 11th. I was in Chicago because I, I never fly to Indianapolis. I always fly to Midway. Because surprisingly, it's much cheaper to fly out of Indianapolis than to fly out of Midway and to fly out of Indianapolis. So I just I just drove back home and was like, okay, I'm going to uh, I'm just go to Midway. And then they said everything shut down. So I'm like, okay, I just, I just want to go back. I don't, I don't have anything. There. I brought most of my stuff back. And my lease is going to run out anyway. And I wasn't planning on renewing it. So I'm good. <laughs> And plus, they Indiana being a red state, they they uh they they don't they don't practice uh very. They open now. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah they, they yeah they crazy in Indiana now. They uh. I heard it's lines like Red America to get in the mall and stuff. Yeah, they open in in Merrillville. They open the South Lake Mall, and I know in Bloomington, my uh my friend told me he said it was like a uh, it was like trying to get into the club to get into this like little ice cream shop. <laughs> It was just like, oh no, man! You can't get two scoops with them shoes on. You got to go out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, I mean, I I understand that you know people are trying to return to a sense of normalcy, but this thing is different, yo. Like, like we so so I'm in New York, right? And so when we closed our school on March 13th, and then the DOE made their announcement that they were going to close, like, a couple days later, like, the, I think it was, like, March, uh, like, 16th or 17th or something like that, was their last day, but the whole time, we were, like, I was sitting watching, and it wasn't a thing of, I wonder if they're going to close schools, it was, when are they going to finally make this decision, and then, you know, we been the you know my school being in the charter. We just said you know what well, we're not gonna wait on the city you know more. We just gonna shut things down at this point. And like you said, be move things online for a couple weeks and see how this thing play out. Um, but the craziest part about it was like we were you know watching the news every day. You see New York as the epicenter and it's more cases here than anywhere else. And you know New Rochelle, which is you know right right around the corner, uh, was leading the way. And everybody was just like, why is nobody taking this thing seriously? Why why are we still going to work? Why are we still, you know, um, 
having these kids come out, my attendance was like dwindling. And it was, it was like, there was a clear difference from between a Wednesday and a Thursday. I think on Wednesday, our attendance was at like 75%. And then on Thursday, our attendance was at like 52%. And it was like, yeah, this it's not going back up. <laughs> so we, we got to come up with a new strategy. Um, and then, you know, sent home, thought it was going to be a little two-week vacation. I got all my supplies. Um, and then it was like, nope. We will see you next year, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> we all on that. Y'all still pretty much stay home. Yeah, they they. You know, we we still have more cases here than anywhere in the country, probably anywhere in the world. Um, so we we, our stay at home order is in place until I think June seventh, and then you know they do a thing every two weeks. They update it so. We'll see, but like schools are for sure closed, um, and now the kind of, like they I think they even um, officially closed uh, school buildings for the summer too. So all summer is going to be online instruction, uh, which will be you know very. I actually signed up for that. That was smart. Because <laughs> speaking of education, wow, I'm gonna just be real with you. So this is new. And there are really no guidelines. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You get to kind of just jump in. And you kind of make it what? You don't really make it what you want, but it's nobody really to point things out right now. So that was one of the reasons why I just accepted it. Because I know I work at a district where they may, like once you sign up, you just, you, you locked in. They could put, put all kind of situations on you, and it just it's just expected that you deal with it. So I kind of wanted to know what I was getting myself into, and the principal was like, "Man, and to be honest, I ain't I ain't all the way sure, but I can tell you this, this, and this." And I was just like, "Okay, I'm a I'm gonna take that the not sure part and just run with it," because it's like if it's anything like remote learning, it's it's like easy money. So Yeah, like I think I think you hit it on the head, right? I think it's three reasons why I think everybody should teach summer school this year if they can. Number one, like you said, it's free money. Like these kids gonna be here. You might as well like you might as well get paid because you ain't going nowhere. Like Yeah. So you you know, hop on the computer, engage these students, get a few extra dollars. I think number two, um this is, you know, a, a highly unregulated space. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I find this to be most interesting is, like, school is never going to be the same again. This is the time to start, you know, shaping what the new direction of school is going to look like, especially for people that look like us. You know, the, 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 system, has ne- the system wasn't built for us. It wasn't built by us. Um, and we, we always, you know, Plymouth Rock landed on us, you know what I mean? So, like, this is our time to, like, think about how we can reshape this to meet our individual needs. And then the last one is just practice. Like, this this online, uh, some version of virtual learning will take place again in the very near future. You know, if you're, you would be lucky if you're going back to school to see all of your students in September, but more than likely it's going to be, you know, at best, a hybrid scenario where some days you 
teacher in person and some days you're doing virtual learning. So you might as well go practice all of the things that you want to implement um, yeah. and things that you didn't really have the, the space and the time to do during the school year because I think, you know, in March we were all just kind of in like, I don't want to say panic mode, but like everybody was just kind of trying to figure this out on the fly. And, you know, now we know that this is going to be a thing so we can really see how sophisticated we can get in some of our practices and policies. One one thing that scares me about what you said about it not being for us is this seems like this can this could possibly be an opportunity for the gap to widen with with the students that don't have access to all of these different resources, uh, technological resources. So that's I don't know if that's gonna happen, but that's just something I foresee. Like it could possibly widen the gap, especially because I was I just think about the students that don't like school anyway. So that that student that's, well, I don't have students that ditch class, I got freshmen. But the upperclassmen that are kind of like just done with school and just feel like it's not for them and they're ditching, like they're just where is the place going to be for them in this next move? Because you got to take some effort to even get to it. So... The, the outage is I don't have the technology or I slept late. It's, it's just this whole setup is going to be way different, and I think it's a possibility that our students that aren't as engaged anyway could possibly lock themselves out. I, I think that that's a very valid concern. Um, I think that a lot of it is how do you leverage the relationships that you build with students, right? Like, I'm... The only, the only group of kids that I'm concerned about, honestly, in September are my freshmen because I don't know them and they don't know me, right? And so, like, I could hop on the phone and the, the kids who are, you know, really invested and really want to care or they come from families that's not playing that, you, you know, they're going to be fine. It's those kids, that you, those, those ones that's on the fringe, like you're talking about, um, that have had negative experiences with school and, you know, have a plethora of excuses that they can throw out now that they wouldn't have been able to have before. But my sophomores, my juniors, my seniors next year, I ain't worried about them because, like, I'll call them up <laughs> and let them know, like, yo, I ain't seen you in a couple of days. Get off that. And I think, you know, the, the part about inequity is something that, you know, it's the time to address it. Like, we can't sit here and say, like, there, there really is no alternative. Like, there, there's nothing that any respectable school district can say as to why the resources aren't provided. If you can't get kids in the school building, then you have to give them the equipment. You have to figure out a way to work with your Wi-Fi companies, your local cable providers, or whoever it may be, to make sure that they're serviced. And if you can't do that, talk to these phone companies who will provide hotspots. Like, I think, you know, my school... We, y'all, we, we all use the, the phrase, you know, if you if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready, right? Yeah. And we didn't know how ready we were until this situation popped up. Like, our school was a one-to-one -one school. Every kid in our school got a Chromebook. And so, like, that was happening. That's been happening for four years. So everybody had the technology. They was taking it home every day anyway. We already had policies and procedures in place for how to repair equipment. 
So that was already there. We had put in a grant in um, October, and we had 200 mobile hotspots that arrived at our school March 1st. And they were sitting in a box, and we wasn't thinking about it until we was like, oh, wait, shit, these kids about to not have school or internet. Let's get these hotspots <laughs> on this box. You know, but those weren't things that we were thinking about in response to the pandemic. Those were things that we were thinking about how are we preparing our students for a global society. And so if you're in a school or a part of a district that isn't thinking about, like, what are the needs of children to be successful in a 21st century economy, then yeah, it's going to be even greater disparities, a wider gap than it's ever been before. But once again, this is our opportunity to fight back against that, you know, and so um, we know that if we don't do it, ain't nobody going to do it for us. So for folks to just step to the table. Two things, B. My fault. Other B. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're gonna let you get in. I know, man, but y'all, I, I got like a totally different thing because I let I gotta let y'all get off on this because you know I'm dealing with a totally different beast. <laughs> uh, I think this is an opportunity for it to be like, like, hey, fuck them niggas. Just like, just like how the legal system does every once in a while. Uh, that's every, I hear my fault. <laughs> 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 how the legal system does all the time, like fuck them niggas. Yeah. Like this could be, this could be that. This is could possibly be that. I, I, don't, I ain't saying because you're saying if you don't work in a district, if your your school has to, they could somehow there's an out for all kinds of every 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 level has an out. It looks like to me. The teachers have an out. They could say, um, I didn't sign up for this. I don't I don't understand this iPad. Because I'm thinking about these 60-year-old teachers I got in my building that come to me to ask for help. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. They ask me to help them with their technology. You know, the, the principals, the superintendents could say they don't have the hotspots that your district has. Like, it's, the students could say, I don't have that. Like everybody has an out, and I'm just hoping that's just something I see. But also, I have all freshmen, so another concern that I have is I'm gonna be sitting down on Zoom with kids I've never met before, and like part of part of my a lot of my effectiveness comes from my presence, and a lot of that's taken away by doing this. So I'm kind of preparing my mind to be even. That's why I even wanted to do summer school because I'm pretty. I'm not gonna have. I haven't had half the kids that'll be in there, and I want to see what it'll be like to do remote learning with a group that I've never met before, and just see how to adjust to that. So that come August, I'm better prepared for those freshmen that I I haven't seen. Because I don't think we'll be in a school building in August. That's just my prediction. That we won't be back till probably January. So, how do you establish yourself without being present? Like that's just a whole new thing I'm wrap my mind around. Yeah, that's definitely gonna be tough, um, and I don't have no answers for that. Uh, um, with that, because I, I, I teach freshmen, I teach freshmen too. Yes, <laughs> when the time comes, y'all can always come in. <laughs> 
to it was up to Mr. Stokes and Mr. Corley. They they my guests for the day. <laughs> no, I I can do that because um, I'm kind of in your boat that I I'm gonna have all freshmen because that's the course I teach is a is a freshman foundational African American history course. And the thing is, is like a lot of my I'll say ninety five percent of my students are African American. They're black kids. A lot of them from, you know, inner city, Indianapolis. You got a few coming from Chicago, maybe from the suburbs, whatever. But mostly, you know, Indianapolis. You know, from from the hood in Indianapolis. And the thing is, is I'm, what happened after the break was a lot of them just fell off because they had to go back home because they closed the dorms down. And they were used to going to the library or using the computer in the dorms. And I, I don't know what the plan is for because Indiana's going to have a 7,000 freshman class. The biggest freshman class they ever had, 7,000 students. It's going to be, we got a total of like, including grad students, probably like 43,000 people who will be on the campus. And 43,000? Yeah. We, we, wow. we basically, the whole city of Bloomington is Indiana <laughs> University. <laughs> so... It's, it's us and meth labs. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't know what what IU has planned for these freshmen because a lot of them not going to have, like, we virtual in the fall. I'm thinking especially a lot of them students supposed to be on my course, they just not going to, they just not going to, they just going to disenroll because, like, they're like, I ain't got nothing. I can't do nothing. Yeah. And the thing is, and if we have, if, if they if they try to open up campus, like the cla- the course I teach is a classroom that's in the dorm. And they complained to me last year about how they wouldn't clean up the dorm, you know, on a frequent basis. And I'm like, if they're not cleaning that up every day, especially with this going around, that I'm not going to be in there. <laughs> and I know they're not going to be in there. Right. So then... It's, it's like it's a it's a whole bunch of variables that's up in the air, and I'm thinking with freshmen, especially freshmen, black kids, freshman year on on campus, if they on campus, it's a lot of distractions. And if they not on campus, if they back at home, they back in the hood. A lot of their friends will be like, "Hey man, we we ain't in school, man. What you doing? What you doing on the computer? Come come, come kick it with us." And and that fr- that first year for a black student. We all been, we all been there that first year. That's the, that's the year that's the year that your GPA either rises or woo. Are you bringing up old shit? Because because we all been through that. We all been through that. I know. Everybody over here decided one time that we partied a little too much. <laughs> Everything was cool. I wanted to party. It was everything. Whooping. Whooping like I was on the team. I promise. Up here having practice with the dynasty. One thing I thought about, too, Brandon Corley as a school leader. What's up? I know you can facilitate the classes, but what about the bathrooms, though? Like, <laughs> you know, is that is it gonna be like a dean there? Like, hey, hey, only two at a time. 
all this <laughs> all little crazy thing that high school kids find themselves into. You know, like, and, and, and I guess, you know, some of it will be good because we'll have to be on patrol more, but, you know, like, Ain't no gonna ain't gonna be no dipping off into the staircase, which is fine. Like I'm not <laughs> I'm not mad, but I don't know how how do we regulate the halls? Like that's something that that's something I hate doing anyway as a school leader. Like I hate being in the hallway yelling at kids to get back in, in the class. And so it's a necessary thing. I get it, but now I, yo keep your six feet. They ain't gonna respect me with my mask on. You know what I'm saying? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Like, <laughs> They're gonna turn you to Morgan Freeman and lean on me, chaining the doors. <laughs> Man, boy, you standing at the door like, and you ain't got no mask. You gotta go back to your life. Get your mask. Oh, Man, we all gonna be sounding like like the Peanuts teacher, man. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm, I'm gonna ask y'all because y'all were teaching like high schools. Did y'all have like uh, any of y'all have scenes this year? How they like adjusting, thinking about college and how it's not gonna be what they thought it was. <laughs> really, not gonna be what they thought it was this their first year. <laughs> Yo, it's the um, it's the worst because not only does my school have seniors, this is our first senior class. Oh, so, like, <laughs> like all all year we've spent like honestly too much time thinking about like their experience and what it is that we want to put in place and how how to make sure that they can go out on a high note. And then you know this thing happened and everything just totally got you know destroyed. Um, a lot of kids were resilient. A lot of them. You know, it, it was the finish it off strong, you know, make sure that you graduate, like, and then there was a lot of, a lot of different rules and regulations that was changed that benefited students. Like, I had a, we, we have a thing in New York where you have to pass five regents exams in order to graduate high school. Um, and because of the virus, they made an exemption and said, you know, essentially, if you pass your course, then you get exempted from the test. And so, like, I had a kid that I didn't see for two months. He tell us, like, yo, I heard I don't need to take the regents. I'm coming back, and I'm about to pass all my classes and graduate. Like, yeah, do that. <laughs> like, you probably wasn't going to graduate if you had to take these tests. And now that these bullshit tests aren't in place, then, you know, here's your opportunity. So, like, a couple of those positive stories about kids who wasn't going to make it, you know, got a gift. And then, you know, the the... The question you guys be a lot of folks is it's that question of like does it make sense for you to you know go to that university or to go to the community college because you know at the end of the day you're going to be spending the semester at home on the computer think about that bill you know like one of our kids is a posse scholar she's going to lafayette college you you do take that scholarship let them pay for you for my other kids who are thinking about like financial aid and taking out loans, like you have to take serious considerations about like are those tra- like can you go earn those credits at another place? Can you transfer them over um, and not spend as much money? Do you not have to go into debt because of this? Um, 
I, I haven't heard a whole lot of kids that were upset that, you know, their freshman year is going to be different. I mean, they're mad, you know, they're, they're not going to get that on-campus experience. They're not going to be able to be in the dorms. But, you know, I think because they've been at home like this for a little while and been doing school like this, they're kind of getting used to this. And so, you know, that experience is going to come, you know, January, campus is going to be popping. It's <laughs> going to get crazy in January. You know, that, that spring semester is going to be tough. <laughs> you know, um, so, I ain't too worried about that element of it. Um, but, you know, the other thing is got to keep them engaged over the summer, too. And so, like, we pushed our graduation back to July to see if we could do something in person, but also to keep those touch points in place so that we can, you know, still interact with them closer to the time um, for them to start, you know, whatever that next journey is. Because yeah, we have a yeah, problem here. I just been kind of. I got a friend that I, I plan with for my. Cause he teaches ain't freshman English too, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know too much about. I can imagine being a freshman. And I have a nephew that's an eighth grader who is disappointed with his graduation situ, situation, but I don't really know too much. I, I hate. I hate that they have to deal with that with this being such a big milestone. Cause some of them, some of them not gonna graduate from college, so they. This is their last graduation. So I hate that they got to deal with that. And it's, hopefully this is temporary and it won't stop somebody's graduation next year. But it seems like we'll definitely be adjusting to it for the rest of our lives. Like yeah. it'll be a change. Yeah. Have you, have you, uh, have you, have you guys like uh, switching to online? Have you changed the way? that you've taught now? Cause I know when I switched online, I know my, I, I, cause I record my lectures and I'm dealing with college students. I'm not, I don't do the zoom like every week. I did it maybe cause we only had like five weeks left. So I did it, I did it twice. Then other times I just had it open. If you need, if you want to talk about your grade or you need a recommendation or you just want or you were unclear about the final paper, which I wish somebody would have taken clear of that cause some of the bullshit I got at the end I was just like, if this wasn't a pandemic, I would have failed you, but get this young pass <laughs> so, you, so I won't have to deal with you appealing this grade. <laughs> can, I, can I ask, how, how was it switching over to the, to the tape lessons? Uh, well, since, you know, since I do the podcast thing, I'm used to recording and messing with audio. So it, it was easy for me to, uh, to do that. And I was able to sync it up with the PowerPoint. So when you change the slide, then oh, you know nice. it flowed with me. It flowed with what I was talking about. And one thing I did notice though is like the the kids who were quiet in class when I had the online discussion, they had some of the best thoughts ever. I'm like, discussion would have went ten times better if you spoke in class with the stuff you you saying in the discussion online. So I, I would email them and be like, I know you're a freshman. You're probably shy about speaking in class or whatever. But as a suggestion, maybe you should practice at home. Like, write down what you want to say in class. Practice in front of a mirror. And then when we, whenever you, we're face-to-face again, in, in any class, that you'll be ready. Like, you got your notes ready. Like, I can just read what I, what I wrote at home. Yeah, that's good. 
That's a good observation. Yeah. And and we and we got a Indiana, we have a platform that was already kind of designed to switch online pretty easy because we use Canvas. I know a, a lot of other places use D2L. And I don't, I don't know the other ones. I don't know if people still use Blackboard because Blackboard's their, their interface is kind of wonky. But, but like, what did, how did y'all, like, transition virtually? Because I don't know how the uh, uh, high schools did it. Like especially like turning in assignments or like how did that how did that happen? Well, the first part was e- we called it e-learning. That part before spring break, mm-hmm. when schools first shut down. We called that e-learning, and we just kind of emailed assignments. I had this grade program we used called Tyler. Mm-hmm. You would send mass emails to the students, and the students, well, we get them pretty familiar with using their school emails, so that that was a simple process. We just put the the assignment and email and send it and they just emailed it back. But once that two weeks was up, we called that remote learning. And that's where we really had to start giving grades for the stuff. Because we kind of just checked them off if they did it. But once the the situation, we saw that we were going to be doing this for the rest of the school year, then we had to figure out how to grade, grade them too. So I used Google Classroom and that way they could turn in the assignments and that's how I assigned them. And that's been a pretty cool day, and I do Zoom lessons twice a week. So Mondays and Wednesdays, I teach on Zoom for 30 minutes. Zaki. Monday and Wednesday, I teach for 30 minutes, and then and I kind of get them an assignment. I do like you, but I go through the PowerPoint. Like I'm kind of talking. Any questions on this? This is what y'all next assignment is. Uh, and at the end of the day, all students pass. So, like, that's that's another thing. <laughs> Any student that hasn't shown up, you get them a zero. Hey, you got to go. He's like, you had a chance, man. He's had a chance. You blew it, bro. Hey, look, man. <laughs> hey, we are the fourth member. <laughs> the four way. <laughs> students that don't show up because this I probably haven't seen half of the kids like I've called home emailed home still haven't seen them and they you put zeros in for them in the grade book they can't be marked off for participation and at the end they'll still get D's so that's one thing that's I haven't wrapped my mind around yet like am I going to be in that same situation in summer school like if a kid can't show up, do they still get the D? Pause. <laughs> <laughs> man, you about to you about to get arrested. They was like, man, Mr. Smith gave me the D. What the fuck? <laughs> he said pause. But no, like I, that's we we just made a decision today <laughs> to um allow students to, to shift and not give students um, Fs, but to give them incompletes. Um, and, cause, and even with that, like, it's, to me, it's better than, than you know, the pass-fail situation. <laughs> better than the D. Right. Because uh, if you get the incomplete, then that just means, you know, when, when school comes back in the fall, 
then you got to make up whatever it is that you had left hanging. Um, and so, yeah. like, we, one of the things that, like, I fought against, and, I, you know, I didn't have a lot of pushback, but, you know, I, what, when, where we were, where we were positioned, like, we already saw, you know, what Illinois had said that, you know, this is an act of God and nothing counts. And then, you know, y'all had to backpedal and then say, all right, well, you can't do anything negative. Students can only increase their grade. Mm-hmm. And then we saw San Francisco originally said that we was going to give every kid an A. And so both of those were terrible ideas to us. So we just decided, like, we're not going to teach as much, but we aren't going to lower the standard. So if a kid doesn't do what they need to do, then, you know, they will be with us for summer school. They just not going to get, you know, if, if a teacher was planning to cover eight chapters, they might only get through five, you know, and, and we can live with that. We'll be okay because every year I was a teacher, um, I always said, you know, I'm going to get to chapter 10 in the book, and I never did. So, you know, that's nothing new. Teachers often don't get through all the content they want to cover. Um, we just wanted to make sure that the work that students did produce still came in at a high level and we still are building up skills because you know at the end of the day it's not even really about this year it's about next year and the year beyond and the years beyond next year is going to be the hardest year in education in the last 100 years and so if you know you got a group of students who have been sitting here saying they're going to give me the grade that's going to be their mindset in september that something is going to be given to them and so we're just like no like you still won't have to earn it you may not have had to do as much but you're going to have to you know, get this thing done um, and just going to continue to push kids. But um, to, to answer your other question, Brandon, like we have a platform called Schoology. And so mm-hmm. um, Schoology is a learning management system that has its own like um, virtual conference. Like, well, they, they, it's a third party um, that is integrated in, the, in this conference setting. So for us, we didn't really have to do anything different. Like our teachers needed to learn, you know, how to open up the app and run, you know, the, the classroom, the virtual classroom conference. But, you know, after a couple of days of practice, they pretty much had that down packed. For the good thing about it for us, for our kids, was they didn't have to learn a new system to log into. They were already used to submitting their work, you know, um, on Schoology. So, like, that stuff was already in place. So we didn't have a big learning curve. Um, and, you know, again, it gets to that, you know, if you, if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready thing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like, we've always known that technology is going to be the driving force and it, it has to be fundamental to what's going on with education. And, you know, it's, it's that one time where, like, all these people say, y'all, y'all pushing computers down these kids' throat. They don't know how to do shit. Well, guess what? In the pandemic, my kids knew how to do shit, and mm-hmm. your kids didn't. So <laughs> don't, don't ever say anything about technology to me again. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, just we've been battling this now, so this worst case scenario, we have to do this in the fall, maybe the whole year. Uh, next school, next school year. Like, what are your plans for, like, educating for a whole year virtually, <laughs> if you have to? Um, if it comes to that, for me, it's going to be you know day one is going to be challenging my staff to, to take the lead and be the forefront of what this new, you know, educational paradigm is. So, um, you know, I, I always push my staff members to be bold um, and to take risks. And so if 
we're starting off in a virtual school year, the first thing I'm going to tell them is just assume that this is not going to change. Assume that this is what it's going to be. Y'all know how to teach kids when they're in your face. Now figure out the conditions that need to be set for you to teach kids when they, you know, on your screen. And how do we influence what everybody else around the country is going to be doing? Um, exact practices, I don't know. But, you know, we already are a school that is focused on developing skills, doing interdisciplinary projects. So I think a lot of that stuff is going to continue to stay in place. Um, but, you know, to Ray's point, figuring out how we can keep that engagement, how, like, the, the, the biggest thing, you know, as a math teacher or a former math teacher, I used to get off by, by, by looking over the kid's shoulder, seeing how they were doing, and then, you know, hey, wait, wait, hold on, before you do that, let me help you out. And I can't do that now. So, you know, kid staff members are going to be handy, uh, handcuffed. So, like, what allows my teachers to be able to, to simulate that over-the-shoulder situation? Like, is there um, an app or is there a, a, a website or some platform that will allow that to take place? Or do we have to set up situations that there's one-on-one learning? And so, like, you get to be with your teacher for 10 minutes at a time, and then you have your whole group set up. Like, we're not going to cancel out any ideas. We're going to throw all this to the wall and see what sticks and then, you know, try to help inform other districts and be be really collaborative. Like, I'm going to be talking to you, B, and see what y'all doing at IU. I'm going to be talking to you, Ray, and seeing what y'all doing out there because, like, we're not going to come up with I'm, – I'm not going to come up with all the answers. My team is not going to come up with all the answers. But we're going to come up with something that will help y'all, and y'all going to come up with stuff that will help us. And so, like – we really just have to be collaborative and it's black men in education that ain't but you know a small percentage of us anyway so we got to be supporting each other um for so that we can all find a way to win oh man crying kid in the background now <clears throat> the things i'm looking like this room i'm sitting in i'm thinking about what can i do to make it a better learning environment for me. Like one thing I'm going to grab is a dry erase board. Uh, I have one in my classroom with wheels. So I'm going to just kind of set this space up to maximize the, <clears throat> the opportunities for me. And also, like, aside from being a teacher, I kind of keep in mind, like, I want to be the bar at my school and just be able to possibly consult other people. So I really try to get the most out of the experience and try to understand the most and really thinking about it, like how can I show other people how to do this? So I'm trying, I'm just figuring out what I need because I saw that summer school starts on June 22nd. So if I'm chosen to do it, I want to have everything set up. And I like, B, you said something about 10-minute meetings, so that's definitely something I'm going to incorporate into that because I think that's a good idea. That's something I haven't really done um, is meeting with the students one-on-one, so probably setting up a time with each student to meet during the week just to check in with them. Because some students, like the students that are shy in class, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Stokes, like those students are are even shyer. Like they they keep their cameras off. Oh, yeah. I mean, half the class look like this. And <laughs> like, hey, Maria, get, let me see. No, 
they like they'll send me email like my house is dirty uh, I don't want to show my home uh, my mother's sick or something so I try I'm trying to be sensitive but still kind of push them at the same time so so I half the students you don't even know if they're listening or not I have to call on them one on one like hey Brandon Stokes you said this um, you hear me and some of them won't I'll be like, so you just, if you don't answer, then it seems like you just turned your computer on and you left and went to get some breakfast. I need you to answer, so. Like, yeah, 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 um, um, four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, sir, this is, this is a social studies class. <laughs> but I guess I'm kind of looking at it like, even, like, I don't, I know I, I, I don't want to be a principal, so. Just with a consultant mind, just trying to have all my ducks in a row to see, just to really learn about it and be the best that I can at it, so that I, I could possibly show other people how to do it. Those those some some great ideas. Like since I'm teaching freshmen in college, only thing I'm gonna try to teach because a lot of them are part of this program called groups, which is for a lot of like it's the quote unquote like affirmative action type program where they get all the, the inner city kids and we're going to get you ready for college. So I'm going to try to teach like that one course they got to take during the summer so I can meet some of the students I'm going to have mm-hmm. and just get them ready. I'm like, yo, I am going to grade you very hard because they're, because people at this university want to end this program because they tell, they was like, we're giving all these black kids so much. And look what they're doing. Like, let's, let's just cut them out. And I'm like, you think this school is white now? <laughs> y'all, y'all fuck up, man. This is gonna be like a, this is gonna be like a bigger clan rally here. <laughs> and, and I found out like, like five years before I was on campus, that was actually a clan rally near the campus. <laughs> but, uh, and I love, I love the parenting going on, man. This is beautiful. <laughs> man, he. He, he taking control, man. This, this, he on podcast. Put him on, man. But the only thing I'm going to try to do, I'm going to try to let them know, like, this is a weird way to start your college career, but this is going to give you some skills that you didn't know you have. It's going to teach you some resiliency you didn't know you had. So you can... You can put the best foot forward, or you can be like, you know, I'm just gonna blow this off. Like, and I'll tell you right now. What I have you tell them is that this shit is an easy A. Yeah. There's a lot less effort required, so take advantage. Take yeah. advantage of it. Yeah. Like, your class participation. If you don't get 100% class participation, because all you have to do is just respond to a question. Right. I'm, it's and it's opinion. It's not even. I'm not even grading you on. On whether it's right, there is no right answer. It's what you think. <laughs> if if COVID nineteen had actually been like COVID one, <laughs> I, I, I would still I would have graduated from Illinois State University. <laughs> exactly. You telling me I don't got to read the trial towers? I, I like I don't have to make that ten minute walk to to the main campus just to stand sit in class. I could just fire up my computer. Oh yeah, we good. We out of here. <laughs> yeah. but, I, but I want to thank you gentlemen so much for telling me how you 
are we doing? We're educating during this pandemic. But now it's time to talk about the most important thing. Oh, yeah. That's the last dance. <laughs> yeah, man. That was a, a awesome documentary, wasn't it? Yeah. Hey, I hate that it's over. I yeah. do, I do. Because they, they could have, they could have went so much. They could have went deep in so, on so many different things. I, I get why they why they didn't. But man, that was. It really made me appreciate, you know, who the greatest basketball player of all time. You know what, what he means to our city. Is is it solid now? Like the debate's over, right? <laughs> the debate should be over, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, cause think there, think about know? it. Be like be like Mike rhymes. Be like Braun does not rhyme. <laughs> what, what? Hey, I, I I shed a couple of sports related tears. I don't think I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've done it. In, I can't remember the last time, but I'm yeah. sitting there. Steve yeah. Kerr's story. Yeah. And they were talking about it. I was like, oh, yeah. man. And I, I, I learned about his father a few years ago. But the thing is, like, when I was an undergrad, I actually read a book by his father. I didn't know that was Steve Kerr's dad. Wow. <laughs> Until a few years later, I'm like, oh, that's Malcolm Kerr? And I'm like, and he's a white guy named Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like a super like right wing conservative, but he ain't even like that. Right. Like, and he has every right to be man. Like they they did kill your daddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, they feel like yo, I'm just gonna go all out. Yeah. Jim, working yeah. these free throws. Ain't nobody gonna shoot free throws better than me. <laughs> yeah. Man, but that that had me reminiscing. Like that was just that whole time because at the time, and I didn't know that much about like Scottie Pippen's like family life. And I see why he signed that bad deal. Like, he came from some. <laughs> like, he, like when you grow up, man, that's a different poor. I grew up city poor. He was country poor. That's a whole different level of poverty. <laughs> man, I feel like they made him look bad, too. I thought he was sympathetic to me, though. Like, you understand, like, the way he grew up. He's like a chump, but how he grew up, you can understand. Like, yeah, that's. No, you're right. He, he, he played up a lot of these, you know, Stereotypical Southern tropes, you know. Like, <laughs> we're gonna get this dude fourteen million for seven years. And he, 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 oh shit! Hell yeah! Give me. That. <laughs> yeah, they just shoot. They was like, man, he he cut you slow. He gonna okay. sign it. They're like, oh my god, he really signed it. <laughs> he got eighty eight after it though. Yeah, yeah, he he made it up for it in the end. And, and I see why he set out that one point eight though too. I'm like, man. Jordan gone. You gonna give it to this Euro trash? <laughs> like I'm trying to get paid. I need to hit all these game winners. <laughs> and I almost feel like the outcome would have been different. Like that. That had to be like that. Yeah, because I think he would have missed that shit. <laughs> no doubt, he probably would have. Because he, I mean, like we ain't never called Pip Clutch. Like there was a lot of things we could be said. But even after this documentary, ain't nobody's in there like, yo, Scotty should have took that shot. Uh, he clutch on defense. Like, if right. you, you need somebody to guard it on the last shot, I want Scotty out there. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it, it really, it, the, the whole debate about, like, the league being soft now, like, yo, the, that documentary just put it into perspective. Like, Pip couldn't play game seven because he had a migraine because he was getting his ass whooped for six games. Like, it wasn't that he just woke up with a head. He was getting his ass like, he was getting his head smacked every time he went to the rack. Man, he said he McDaniel, man. He played blind. <laughs> like, man. Brian got a cramp in, in the finals. Because <laughs> he didn't have enough hydration. This nigga Pip was blind, y'all. <laughs> y'all. Y'all know what my favorite part of, of the documentary was? Well, it was this three things that stood out. He said, they can't win until we quit. That was like my favorite. That was a cold statement. They can't win till we quit. Uh, he said, "Winning, winning, and leadership comes with a price." Whoa. That's that part where he was getting emotional. That That's so. very true. Huh? That made me cry. Oh yeah, he said, "Winning and leadership come with a price." Like that's that's one hundred too. And then the part when they was at the dream team, when the mile was shot, was like, "Hey, it's the last shot. Who taking?" He like. Me. It was <laughs> like, like no who else? Wasn't even no question. It was like, are you? Like that's a dumb thing? question. He was like mad about it. Like me. Yeah. So that was a dumb question. Yeah. And then, and then the, the facts. Like Mike put twenty. He put out twenty Hall of Famers in his career. Like he put them out the playoffs. He put out more sixty-one teams than anybody in history. Like I don't care what you say about Brian. Brian got that one chip against the, the seventy-three win Warriors in a soft league when Draymond Green was suspended for a game or two. Like no nah, man, I'm not. I'm not buying it. This this LeBron character is an all-time great, but he is not the goat. Yeah. And w- Michael Jordan went to Vegas to get Rodman out of a hotel, and Carmen Electra was hiding in the closet. That's leadership. <laughs> <laughs> and Dennis Rodman is the living personification of no fucks given. Yeah, he went to WrestleMania during the finals too. He left him went to WrestleMania. This is like, uh, I gotta go get me another check real quick. I'll be back, y'all. I'll be yeah. back for Game Four. <laughs> Who asked for thing? That man asked for a vacation during the middle of the season. He was like, man. <laughs> It was like, I, get... I, I like that Phil had an understanding of his players when he allowed them to do that, though. Yeah. That was something, too. I, I like that he was flexible enough to do that. And staying with Phil, it, it seemed like Phil is the cause of the dynasty breaking up, too. I was going to say, like, I got so much respect for Phil after this. Like, Phil held it all together. I don't I, Like, it's all Jerry. I mean, Jerry Krause. Like, yeah. It was just like... I think with Jerry Krause, he wanted he wanted Phil to be grateful, but it was just like Phil was just like, yeah, thank you for giving me the job, but I'm actually good at it. <laughs> it, and it, it Jordan too, like it's the players that win it, right? It's the players. But I didn't. I never knew of GMs that wanted that much credit. Like I didn't. Even though he did, he did pull some pieces. Yeah. He did continue to pull pieces on yeah. like Scott Burrell. You know, he went and got Ron Harper. He went and got some pieces, though. Oh yeah. man! And this this whole documentary was a uh, was an anti was a pro bullying campaign. Oh, for sure. Cause uh, Scott Burrell, he need to be bullied more. Okay. <laughs> Cause George. Cause when he go 
Hamilton and South Connecticut. That's yeah. why they ain't won shit now. Cause ain't nobody, cause he, ain't nobody he, pumping his ass. Shoot that free throw, ho. <laughs> Oh, man, the Utah Jazz need to be embarrassed though. How you how you gonna get? You got the top rebound and like man, I can beat y'all. I can I can go wrestle and still beat y'all. And, and, had, and, and Jordan jamming out to King, King Lattimore. Malone was working Robin. And nobody pointed that out. <laughs> Malone was working Robin in the series though. Like they showed like four five in a row, free throw. Free throw jump shots. Yeah, but when when Jordan listed that Kenny Lattimore, released. <laughs> that's my friend. <laughs> hey, I, I, he couldn't have been listed. I thought Kenny Lattimore, Lattimore was R and B though. Yeah. Oh, that's what. No, that's the thing with Jordan. Jordan listed nothing but R and B. Sitting there like this though. Yeah. That's the that's the thing. Uh, no, nah, it was this thing with uh, I think Nori was uh. He was on like Hot 97 or one of them, and they was interviewing about how Jordan came up to like a Def Jam Christmas party, and everybody was uh, everybody was coming up to go see him, and it was like it was like somebody was like Nori was in the background, and like this rap, this really like young Def Jam sign was like yeah yeah I'm gonna go see I'm gonna go talk to Mike. He was like yeah what up Mike? It's like man get him away from me man fuck rap. Oh man. <laughs> yeah you you never heard that uh, comedian that story? Yeah I heard that one. Yeah, oh yeah, he don't he don't fuck with rappers except with Jay Z. <laughs> yeah, the comedians can never say niggas though. Yeah, he curious. He's like, I don't take no pictures with no niggas. <laughs> and I felt Jordan on that. When there's a bunch of women around, I don't do that either. <laughs> I don't take pictures with niggas, man. <laughs> but uh, man, but man, that was this at the time. I was just thinking about like how I felt as a youth watching the Bulls. I was like, I'm never gonna feel that again, cause I never felt hurt as much as I felt when they carried Horace Grant up the floor after the Magic beat the Bulls. Oh, I yeah. never wanted to hurt somebody that I didn't know so bad. <laughs> that's, that's how I felt about the Pistons. Like, yo, know, man, we gotta find a way to get over this team. Like, man, you play Bill and Bill on the court. You need to bring a gun. <laughs> Alright man, so what, what's y'all last words on the last dance? We need uh, 10 more episodes <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't mind seeing what he did as a wizard You know what I mean? I want to I wanna get some more Like I need to get some Luke Longley stories in there Brian Harper too yeah. Ron Harper didn't get his part Least Jordan said no kids, and Juanita said no. Yeah, she she said no automatically. She wasn't doing it. Was it? Do you think it was something bad? Or no? Nah, I think I just think she just private. I just think she just private. And with the kids, I think he just private about his kids. 
And he married with kids now? Don't yeah. You he got a new right. wife and twin daughters. <laughs> and then talk about them. Like, what? He was like, I love my wife, I love my kids. He was just, he did break down. He's like, if y'all don't want to play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, if y'all don't want to get bullied, don't get bullied. <laughs> with the best documentary I see ESPN do that and the OJ one OJ yeah cause that OJ one especially when they talked about him about his, about his father and like he found out his father was gay and then how he stole his first wife from Al Callis but Al Callis was still his best friend <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey, OJ a trip I, I follow OJ on Twitter cause he, he only do videos and he always say I'm not I'm just saying take care <laughs> That's how he hit his videos, I'm just saying. He's like, I'm just saying, take care. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he looked like a, a real-life asshole. Like, probably like the, one of the worst I've ever seen. Like, people talk about Jordan, but I think we know of people like Jordan, but OJ, to take his best friend girl in front of him like that, like... <laughs> He was like, well, you don't need her. Get over there. Yeah. <laughs> he probably got a Kardashian, like, you know, Chloe, Chloe supposedly his kid, too. <laughs> like, the, was just knocking off all his friends, girl. Man, the juice don't miss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we probably like Alonzo from training day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, fellas, for uh, joining me on this podcast. Um, oh, yeah, let me. I always got to end it the right way. What's the last book you read, last movie you saw, last song you listened to? All three? Yeah, let's do all three, man. Y'all, y'all been inside, so y'all have to, y'all got all three. <laughs> Yo, hey, I, I actually just started reading this. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to put that I was reading it on social media. But it's called White Fragility, Why It's So Hard for White People to Talk About Racism. Yo, I want to read that. I got this in Kansas City, and my school district um, could use a conversation like this because we have a high percentage, like our school is like 70% black, 30% Mexican, or it's like like five white kids total, Mm -hmm. and the teaching staff is like 70 and 30. Um, so, uh, a lot of stuff has been talked about about expectations and those different, the discrepancy in the, the teacher uh, build up and the student. So, I just saw this when I was in a bookstore and picked it up. So, I'm looking, I'm looking to see kind of what their perspective is because I think I always talk about how they um, we're living in two different worlds and they don't understand ours. Well, let me try to understand theirs. Oh, the last movie. I ain't watched a movie in a minute. Well, I watched Queen and Slim. I saw Queen and Slim. 
Song you listen to? Well, this song you've been been bumping a lot. I got this. I got this workout mix that I do when I'm cleaning out cars. Uh, the the song I like to start with is "Win" by J Rock. Okay. You know that song? Yeah. That's my song. Queen classics. You need to make you a CD, man. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta come up with some more. Yeah, I gotta come up with some more tracks. That, those two in the light, by like, mm-hmm. like, so those, those, the songs that you know are in my head right now because I just played it a couple hours ago. To get this and what less chill go like? Less chill. Aubrey, just settle down. <laughs> That's what you need to do. Um, she, <laughs> she loved that part uh, on laying your head on my pillow when she the cutie pies they all know you can always L-A-Y on my, my pillow she's like yo this is completely inappropriate go for it ah man this is dope well usually yeah, let me let me participate I usually don't but since I'm in the house that's the only thing I'm doing alright the book I, last book I read was called uh, Bitter Fruit and it's about black Chicago politics and how black people deal with have dealt with the democratic machine from like how far back do they go? Like do they touch on glory at all or is it No, it's this this book from like nineteen ninety five, so it stopped at daily. So it uh it goes from all the way from from Wild Bill Thompson to Daily the second. And there's black people from the Great Migration to the, the mid nineties. And through Harold Washington and through the Council Wars and all that stuff. So it's, it's, a, it's a decent it's a decent book. Uh, the last movie I watched was, uh, it's, a, it's, a old, it's an old black exploitation film because I've been watching stuff on Amazon. It's uh, called Across 110th Street with Yafet Koto. Mm. What was it about? 
Uh, it's about uh, Paul Benjamin. He uh, he pretends to be a cop, and he robs the the mafia in Harlem, and he kills two uh, capos, and he's on the run, and a, and the the, uh, the mob is trying to catch him, and Yafet Koto with the police is trying to catch him. And so, he like a, a black superhero in it, like he beat nah, up a room of hundred of a hundred people. Nah, he he just he just a, he has a working man and saw opportunity. He dressed up as a cop, shot the whole place, took the money, and was on the run. That's on Amazon. Yeah, across 110th Street. Is it free? Yeah, so if you got Prime, because <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I don't pay for nothing on Amazon unless it's on Prime. Unless it's Prime, I'm like I ain't watching it. What about the song? Last song, I'm like Jordan. I was listening to some Kenny Lattimore, Days Like This. <laughs> that, that's what it, that's what the song was? Yeah, I think so. It was Days Like This. I'm going to ask you to listen to that. Put that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One thing I want to ask y'all before we go. <laughs> on your top ten Hoopers list, who is somebody that's, that we would be surprised by? Like, you know you got your Jordans. Well, my Jordan, Scotty Hakeem, you know, who is somebody on your list that you that that we that's not typical? Like like on mine, I got I got Mark Wood on mine and Antonio McDice. Those two of my favorite. So these are your ten favorite to watch. Yeah, my, like my ten favorite hoopers. If I had to pick ten, like you know you got your Jordan, D Rose, Scotty, Hakeem, but Mark Mood and Antonio McDice, like those. I was just making up a list. I saw a list. I was like, those, uh, I don't think people would have him, but they mind, they don't mind. That seeing, seeing Robin on the last dance, too. Yeah. Like, why, I, we used to run like him in gym, and keep tapping the ball up. <laughs> Man, so he the might beat. even be on there, too. Man, he was such a great athlete to be a functioning alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, he was like, when Larry Bird hit the shot, to come up to Larry Bird, clap. podcast because they they keep it real yeah. and those those are those are two people if I played in the league I would not want to fight because they would not give up <laughs> they'd be like hey what you smoking on they be talking about how they used to be high in the, in the club while they was in the league I ain't I just I didn't think that was going on like that but right. well, well Mike set the record straight that shit was going on back in 85 <laughs> oh man cocaine okay. Jordan's like, man, does anybody know where the next town is? Uh, <laughs> like, yo, Mike, you want a line? No, nah, man, I just had, I just had some spaghetti. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think my hoopers, it's, well, one, he probably on everybody like top ten, but nobody talk about him. Tim Duncan, I think Tim Duncan is like one of the greatest players ever. That since he was so 
boring. Nobody talking about him, but he was right. The big fundamental. Yeah, he was. He was. He was, was a great player. Uh, and two more, Joe Kim Noah. Joe, Joe Kim. Oh, he was. I love Joe Kim because especially when he talked about Cleveland. Like you, you vacation there? You who goes to Cleveland? Hey, Joe Kim Noah actually got one of my two favorite shots in basketball history, other than them Jordan ones. Remember when he stole the ball? Oh, oh, that Boston series. Oh, yeah. At the end and dunked it in overtime. Yeah. That kept that series going. I think they lost it, but yeah. they was about to beat Boston. That year they won the title. Mm-hmm. It was... Joe Kim Noah had that dunk. And I know y'all remember Luther Heads uh, when he got that steal with the doing <laughs> 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 that. <laughs> Them yeah. my two favorite shots of all time that I was actually watching. Yeah. Yeah. And was like jumping around with him. I still hate Sean May and Rashad McCants for that. Oh man, that was don't even don't let's not even bring that up, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> and my, my third player is uh Stefan Marbury. Stephon Marbury, he was my favorite player. In fact, I got a, I got a T-shirt somewhere. I got to find it. It's a, uh, it's a fake NBA Jam sh- shirt with him from Minnesota with Kevin Garnett. I wish they would have stayed together because they would have had a title. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you could sell that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Steph, Steph was just like I'm, and there's one thing that I ain't know until he said it. Like it was like a, a while ago. They, he said he auditioned for uh, he got game. He said, now he was in a running to uh, audition for He Got Game, but he said he wasn't going to uh, audition for his life story because He Got Game was based off him. Yeah. I was like, I was just like, so we, we got the player you was traded for on draft night playing you. Right. <laughs> that was real, though. Yeah. yeah he should have just got it. I'm like, he's from New York. <laughs> Uh, and, made total, total sense. And we saw Ray Allen act. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think he could have did better than that. Yeah, it wouldn't have been that hard. <laughs> still a classic, though. Yeah, still a classic. <laughs> my, my brother has that same arthritic condition. Shout out, to, shout out to Denzel, man. Makes him always, 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 always coming to save Spike Lee. Right. <laughs> Spike Lee, man, I ain't had a, I ain't had a hit in years. Denzel, get over here. <laughs> like I got you, bro. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, thank, thank you guys for coming to speak with me. Let's just do this again soon. Hopefully, one of these days, we can do this in person sometime. Yeah, yeah. Whenever they they let us out the house, hopefully it's soon. Hopefully in November. Oh yeah, everybody everybody listening, please vote in November because it's gonna say, it's it's needed to save our lives. Especially especially if you're a black person in a red state. Yeah. Black. Like you could be. I ain't even gonna say that. You <laughs> need the change that we need to see. Yeah, man. Uh, so uh, y'all got y'all got anything to plug? Well, and I, whenever we out there, people should take a look at. <laughs> Man, you know I got righteous red red children's books. You know, yeah. got two that's for five to seven year olds, two that's for seven and ten year olds, and an activity book for five and up. It's just a, a, a young black boy and his cast of characters. They just go through their adventures, trying their best to do the right thing. Yeah. Righteous red red. 
Yeah, we're gonna have a link for that. We'll have a link for that on SoundCloud and Spotify in uh in uh this episode's description. Yep, um yeah, go buy Righteous Ray Ray. Um if you if you just wanna give some money away, SouthBronxCommunity.org. dot <laughs> We'll take your and we'll yeah. educate some kids with them. Yeah, we had that link in the description too. <laughs> Uh, and as always, you can catch some for the people all one word like music soul child. I just want to sing. Uh, we can catch us, catch me on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I'm still waiting on you, iHeartRadio. Don't be like this. <laughs> and, uh, also, uh, catch a podcast I do with my my boy Zach Fieldy podcast. We we're recording again. We're gonna do another. Episode on R and B. We gonna gonna bring B in so B can yell at Zach about about his album choices. <laughs> Ray, you can come in too and yell at Zach about his terrible R and B choices. <laughs> no, let me know. Yeah, yeah man. So uh, thank you Thanks guys. For having me though. Yeah, and uh, as always, people listening, be good. Please drink your water. That's, that's why we can. Johnny Big Redemption like, no I'm talking about, hold up, whoa, 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 whoa.